The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, fellas? Happy Thursday and welcome back to Convos Over Cold Brew. Today's episode, we are talking to my physical therapist and we are asking her a bunch of different questions about physical therapy in general, strength training, injuries, everything of the sort. She works at a company called Prehab, which is located here in San Diego, and they also have an office in Manhattan, which is pretty cool. I'm also excited because I got a discount code for you all, whoever is listening that wants to go check out Prehab and everything that they have to offer. All you have to do is just mention my name, Emma, or the podcast, Commas Over Cold Brew, in either San Diego or Manhattan location, and you get 10% off. So I really recommend the folks at Prehab are incredible and they've helped me out a lot in my running journey and really excited. So I hope you guys get something out of this episode and stay tuned. Today's episode is brought to you by Green Chef. You guys know I've been working with Green Chef for a while now and that is because I genuinely love every single one of their meals. Green Chef is a CCOF certified meal kit company. They make eating well easy with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle. So whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or you're just looking to eat more balanced meals, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your kind of diet or preference. It's the holiday season, grocery stores are packed, and the best possible thing is having your meals delivered to you with all the ingredients pre-portioned and perfectly measured for your meal. With Green Chef, you also get hand-picked organic veggies and premium protein so you can feel great about what you're eating and how it got to your table and also saves you a ton of time. I know everyone's really busy this time of year getting ready for the holidays, so let Green Chef take care of meal planning, grocery shopping, and most of the prep for you week after week so you don't have to. I really, really recommend Green Chef. Go to greenchef.com slash coldbrew10 and use code coldbrew10 to get 10 free meals, including free shipping. That is a great offer. 10 free meals. Who doesn't want that? That is greenchef.com slash coldbrew10 and use code coldbrew10 to get 10 free meals, including free shipping. Now let's get straight into today's episode. Okay, Lily, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. We're going to have a lot to talk about today. Um, I wonder like how this is going to work because you're obviously a PT. I feel like this would be so much better visually, but a lot of people mm-hmm. will be listening to it via audio. So hopefully okay. we can get some good things across. Um, okay, perfect. About, yeah, strength training and everything um, when it comes to running and endurance exercise in general. But to get started, do you want to just give us a little bit of a rundown of who you are and what you're about? Yeah, so... 
I'm Lily. I'm a physical therapist. I went to PT school down here in San Diego at San Diego State. Um, I also ran cross country and track at San Diego State and run post collegiately as well. And so what better thing to do than treat and help runners. Uh, so that's why I got into physical therapy, wanting to help runners perform their best and also just try and stave off as many injuries as possible. Cause I know a lot of injured runners, <laughs> and it's the worst thing when you're hurt, you know? So, um, that's why I got into and am now working at prehab San Diego. Prior to working here, I worked at Naval Medical Center at Balboa Park in the biomechanics lab um, with active duty military and also the amputee population they have there. Um, and I also worked before I worked here at the VA in Palo Alto in a traumatic brain injury and stroke center. So that's another cool thing to talk about sometime, my history and experience with that. But now I'm back on the running side of things. And so I'm super happy to be able to work with all different types of runners here. Yeah, I feel like a lot of PTs, I know my college roommate was, uh, she like went to physical therapy stuff or Mm -hmm. physical therapy school. And Mm -hmm. I feel like after college, a lot of people that are like looking to be PTs work in a bunch of different kinds of physical therapy, like kind of before going back to athletics. Did you know that you wanted to do did you know that you wanted to work with athletes right away or did, was that something that just kind of fell into your lap? Yeah. So, um, I think with my history of in high school being a runner and I was a competitive swimmer in high school as well, I thought athletics was super interesting and just putting, pushing your body as far as it can go. And what can you do and what's kind of your limits or, you know, maybe what's beyond your limits. Uh, was really interesting. So going going through college and then going into PT school, I really thought, okay, I want to pursue sports PT. Let's do this. But I really kept my brain open in PT school. And I thought all my neurology classes were super interesting. That's where I took a position in a stroke uh, TBI unit for sure. Pediatrics was another really interesting class working with kids. Geriatrics is another specialty in physical therapy. So working with older individuals. There's oncology, so working with cancer cancer patients, acute care, working in hospitals, pretty much any person you can imagine, there's a PT to help treat them, which I think is super amazing. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what led me to sports. What did school look like for you? Because I know my college roommate and she was, she's been in school for so long. I can't imagine going to school after undergrad. So I give a lot of credit to people yeah. that go into like the medical field or PT school because it's just so much schooling but what did it look like for you yeah so it was a four-year undergraduate degree and I actually did my undergraduate in pre-physical therapy so at San Diego State they do have a kinesiology pre-PT degree which is awesome I got all my prereqs done so four years of that and then I had um, the choice and the opportunity to just go straight into PT school right after my undergrad I think I only got like two months off (laughs) yeah it was really crazy I just tried to like shut my brain off for eight weeks and just like do nothing related to school and I traveled a little bit and did some fun stuff with friends and then PT school is three three full years some programs are hybrid um so in person or half online mine was full in person all the way up to COVID of course but um you can do accelerated as well so some programs are two and a half but mine was three Uh, full-time, very intensive, lots of tests, lots of studying. I was in a class of 37 other people, so 38 of us total, and all the same group all three years. So you really got to know each other, which is a cool thing about PT school. You got really close with all your classmates. 
Um, we had a good group of professors as well. I think 20 in total um, faculty, um, tenured and non-tenured who are amazing and we're always there and super supportive. And I think that's a commonality between PT school. Like, yeah, it's hard and yeah, it's a lot of time and three years, three extra years after undergrad. Um, but you do have a very good support system and they all are very good at that. So um, at the end of PT school, you then sit for your licensing exam, the NPTE. Um, it's a five hour exam. And I just recently took that and a lot of studying there, but got to the finish line, have my <laughs> license now and I'm now have my big girl job. <laughs> I like my, this same process is basically what my college roommate did too. And she mm -hmm. just got her like license and everything. So mm -hmm. I just saw her go through like all of these years of school and testing and everything. And it, yeah. it must just be such like a relief to yeah. be done with that and actually be like able to work in the field and <laughs> work with people that you want to work with and everything. So yeah, yeah. I'm just excited to get to use what I know, you know, like you, you accumulate everything through school and that band, you're like, let me just help people. And yeah. so you just get out with like guns blazing. And so that's what kind of like, I feel like right now. Yeah. Well, the way that Lily and I connected is that she's now my PT at prehab. <laughs> so I started, I yeah. asked her to be on the podcast after starting going to their center to help me like get back into running and everything. So I thought mm -hmm. it'd be fun to kind of just talk about PT for runners. And like, mm -hmm. I guess we can kind of talk about what we're doing, but since it's so individualized, sure. I feel like I kind of want to make it more general just to the general public. So someone else can get something out of this rather than yeah. just what exercises <laughs> I'm doing for my weaknesses. But, um, what are like some benefits of physical therapy work for runners? Um, that is a great question and it's all encompassing and definitely, and it depends for the individual, you know, cause every runner is so different. Every stride is so different. I always tell people who come in, I probably mentioned this to you, Emma, but it's like your fingerprint, like your stride and you as a runner is unique as your fingerprint. So some commonalities I can see and some good exercises to do and some issues I see with lots of runners are um, glute strength. I mean, I feel like runners know that. Um, anyone who's been a runner for long enough knows they need to work on their glute need and their glute max. Um, but there's other muscles that also need to be trained like our calf muscles. Um, so those are some forgotten muscles that still are super important to strengthen. And then people who, who don't tend to get Achilles problems or calf strains or plantar fasciitis. So any exercise that targets that muscle group as well is super important. And then the almighty abdominal muscles. So core <laughs> muscles, core, 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 core. I have done many a crunch circuit in high school and college, uh, cross country and track, but that there's way more to it than that. And so seeing a professional and getting assessed and to know what core exercises, what glute exercises and what calf exercises to do is really um, the best. Um, I myself for my own issues and uh, do like some like band work, glute need band work, glute max band work. I also think, uh, many distance runners do not lift resistance exercise enough. So they don't use enough like dumbbells or barbells and running is really three, two to three times your body weight. Like you think you're running and you know, like I'm just carrying my own body across the ground, but really the force that you put in with each step is multiple times your body weight. So it makes sense to do resistance exercise like back squats and deadlifts and all that. So I think runners should incorporate those kind of exercises more too into a program. 
would you say, I feel like there's a common misconception with like PT is that it's only kind of for injury or mm. for me, at least I was like, Oh, I never need to do these exercises, like the band yeah. work, everything. Cause I haven't been a very injured runner. I've been very like sturdy, I would say, uh-huh. but would you say that the biggest benefit is like for injury prevention or is it for speed? Like you're going to get faster doing these exercises or going to see PT. Yeah, that's a great point. So um, I am also aware of that misconception where PT is all just like little tiny exercises and like not lots of resistance, um, but it's really multifaceted. So some people need those little tiny activation exercises first to be able to graduate to bigger exercises because they just don't have good body awareness. They have like a really big deficit in their running or their strength. Like they need to start from level one and then work their way up to level 10. Um, that would be more of like an injury prevention or rehab um, type thing. But then once they get into like a, a larger program, bigger lifts, bigger body movements, that is more also injury prevention because now you're building up load tolerance for your muscles and your tendons and your bones. They can handle more force. And then an extra cherry on top is performance. Like if I'm going to lift and make my bones and tendons and muscles stronger, of course, I'm going to run faster. So it's kind of a twofold thing. Like, yes, you're going to have injury prevention with resistance training because of strengthening everything. And then, yes, you're going to perform better because everything is stronger. You can just react better to your speed. What age would you say people should start doing more strength exercises in the weight room or just like even body weight stuff? Yeah. Um, so pediatrics is a really interesting area of sport. And that's when most kids start sport is when they're little, like five to seven, maybe eight, um, at that age, still doing like body weight exercises and working more on coordination and speed and reaction times is important. And then maybe introing some more form drills for bigger lifts, like squats or deadlifts, just focusing on focusing on correct positioning and alignment is really important. Um, and there's no perfect age to start resistance training. I mean, I feel like if you're 12 or 13 or just ending puberty resistance training or in the middle of puberty, it's fine to start resistance training, but in a program too. So I definitely uh, would be guided by someone who knows what they're doing in the weight room to make sure that everything is progressed as it should. Do you have any tips for people that like maybe they don't want to go pay a bunch of money to see a PT because there's just so much information out there on the internet about mm. strength training or even yeah. just like prehab work and stuff. What would you say are like good sources to go to for information on what to do? Um, so if I understand the question, like what sources are good for more information about like what to do for PT and yeah. exercises? Yeah. Um, Sorry, I didn't prepare you with this. No, this is a good question. Um, These are all really good questions. It makes me makes you think extra hard about this. There is a lot of information. And I know that and I even tell my patients that because I hear that a lot too, where it's like, well, I hear all this stuff. And I read runner's world. And I, I read this blog and those telling me to do these five moves for a stronger glute, you know, Um, I really couldn't say I mean, I feel like any blog or article written by a physical therapist, of course, I'm biased. This is my field. Um, and, but I know our training and how we're taught to think and our critical analysis. And we don't put out information that we don't research first ourselves or have clinical experience with. So I feel like anything written by a, a PT, DPT, anyone who has their sports certification um, or their orthopedic, so an OCS or an SCS after their name, 
in addition to being a PT is very high quality information. And I would kind of stick towards that realm or someone who's a researcher instead of kind of your typical um, article that you can find that isn't written, is written by someone Or Instagram else. influencer. <laughs> yeah, there's so many Instagram influencers and it's so cool to see like the, the cool little moves they do. And it's all for like shock value, you know, a lot of them. And it's like, what's gonna catch someone's eye as they're scrolling? Um, but someone who sticks to more basic stuff too, really people miss the basics and people think, oh, the basics are boring, but the basics are really what's important. And if you don't master those first, there's no, no way you're going to master something high at a higher level. And I see people get hurt from trying something they're not, they're not ready to do. Yeah, that's so true. I feel like, I mean, even in other sports like bodybuilding or something that not that I know anything about them, but I feel like it is true where it's just there's no shock factor with what actually works. It's just a lot of basic lifts. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the same for almost all sports. I don't think it really varies that much. Uh, Maybe the lifts they do vary, but a lot of them are just very basic movements. But yeah, I mean, I do like that, um, that advice to like go to someone that actually is like certified and knows what they're doing rather than just like following like a random article or random Instagram person. Um, Just doing like a little more research. If you can't, spend the money to actually have someone take you through it individually. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There are quite a few physical therapists floating around Instagram that uh, work with runners a lot that put out good information. I even use it for my own reference, you know, something sometimes, uh, and they're usually big researchers in the field too. So I would kind of look out for those people. Okay. A different topic now. So would you say that like prehab exercises are better to do before or after running? Um, So I always say fit them in when you can. So some prehab exercises, especially like little tiny motor activation ones for like glutes and stuff are great to do before because then you're more apt to use those muscles when you're out actually out on your run and your run will be more efficient and you'll get more out of it. Um, Some like some stretches and some that bring your heart rate down a little bit more are good to do afterwards. Um, so really sprinkle it when you can. Sometimes I, I see people that are like, you gave me these exercises, but I can't do them all at once. Like I I don't, one, I don't have the time or two, I don't know what to do when. And I've said, you know, mix it up, like just do it, be consistent, be consistent either before or after whatever feels good to you, just do them. So I kind of leave it up to someone. Do you think that people should do them every day? Is this like an every day that you run type of situation? It depends. Also there, um, it depends with such a big word in PT school. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's why it's hard, so, especially on yeah. like audio, it's hard to give advice because it is so individual. So yeah. and the exercises are so different. Like if you're doing uh, deadlifts, like we were doing yesterday, that's and a I lot wouldn't different do than deadlifts doing... before you run. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think it just like depends deadlifts on the and exercise. Then run out the door. I mean, you can do that, but it depends, you know, are you really focused on your lift? Or are you really focused on your run? So yeah. that's why I try to say like the little ones, um, starting on the floor, I would say if you have like glute bridges or anything small, like work there and then work your way up to standing, um, like doing standing drills, like a skips, B skips, things like that more active, getting your heart rate up, or even like um, monster walk side to side. That is now, now you're preparing to get out the door. So that's, that's a progression I would do if I'm trying to think of things to do before I go out on the run. And then after the run, it's the opposite, right? Let's, let's do some hamstring stretches. Let's do some hip flexor stretches, maybe in standing, and then work our way onto the ground to do some like pigeon stretch, um, things like that. Or I could even end with some um, activation 
Um, and then maybe a period of time goes by, you eat something, you drink something. Okay, I have an extra 20 minutes or so. Let's do my bigger lifts, like my deadlifts, my squats, my lunges, uh, Bulgarian split squats, stuff like that. Everyone's favorite. <laughs> yeah, everyone's favorite. Your favorite, Emma. Yeah, quads. I love, I love Bulgarian <laughs> split squats. Yeah, um, those are so fun. Okay, what is it? This is a personal question. What? Sure. What exercise can I do to help me feel better when I run in the morning? Like right after I wake up, I feel like I'm stiff and I feel horrid right after I wake up. Do you have any like go-to exercises that I can do really quick besides like banded stuff? Like, do you have any drills or anything that I can do that helps me feel less like a brick when I run at six in the morning? Less like a brick. Well, I, I'm a big fan of foam rolling, which isn't really an exercise. It's oh, more no. like activation. So, but I feel like, you know, you, you roll out of bed, you're like, uh, coffee's on tap, you know, like you can roll out your glutes a little bit and like calves a little bit, and then you feel a little bit more awake. And then, um, you can do a little bit of the bands, but then I would say like leg swings are really great leg swings. And then all the drills, like a skips, B skips, C skips, side shuffling, bounding, all those things to get your heart rate up to almost match where you're going to be when you start your run. That'll make you feel a lot less icky when you actually step out the door. <laughs> I'm going to look like a fool when I'm in downtown San Diego doing, doing like your a skips bounding and a skips on the, <laughs> on the sidewalk. People are going to think I'm a freak, but then I'll yeah. just start off. Yeah. It's got to shut them out. <laughs> yeah. I know. I got to block out the haters. They don't know what's up. The haters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For your health. Yeah, exactly. You got to do what you got to do. Okay. It's six in the morning. I know you're, people are going to work. I'm going to work on my fitness. Yeah, Uh, exactly. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about injuries since PT obviously helps people stay away from injuries, like prehab. That's, I guess what the name is for. Yeah. (laughs) I know our company is pretty unique in that because, um, we're kind of, I always like to say we're all areas on the spectrum. So prehab before you get hurt, we take people before they're even hurt at all and do a whole assessment when you're hurt. We are a physical therapy clinic. So come see us and we're going to help you get back to it. And then sports performance. So kind of where you are. And you're also in the injury prevention kind of arena, like trying to prevent any injuries, but also trying to get you back to consistent running. Yeah. So I know a lot of people, like obviously a lot of runners struggle with injury. Every runner I know has struggled with an injury. What, I don't know if you can even answer this question, but I wrote it down. Let's what see. causes an injury okay. in the first place? Um, so injuries are usually caused by an issue with load capacity. So your body has a certain level. It can be loaded. Um, like let's think of like a cup, a cup full of water, like that's your capacity. But once you start adding on either more running volume, so like miles per week, or you increase your intensity. So let's say lots of speed workouts all of a sudden, or lots of hill repeats, things like that. Then your cup starts to overfill and it's beyond your capacity. And that's when breaks, breakdown starts happening. Um, that, that alone can do it, but many runners tend to not eat how they should not sleep, how they should recovery is a big issue because we're just trying to pack in everything. Right. So that's when injuries happen when load exceeds, um, when load and demand exceeds the capacity. So, yeah, that's pretty much simple. It's like a, just a biomechanics load question. <laughs> yeah. What, what factor of that do you think is like the most important Like, Do you think it's the way that you're running, like you're running gay? Do you think it's yeah um, eating, sleeping, not, or eating, not eating enough, not sleeping enough mm-hmm. too much. What do you think is like the main cause of injuries or does it depend? 
again, you're going to hate me by the end of this podcast. It's, <laughs> it depends, but um, it de- yeah, everyone's like, it, the pie is different for everyone. So some people, I watch them run, like they come in for gait analysis here at prehab. And I'm like, that's exactly why you have all your injuries. Um, and some people I watch them run and I'm like, uh, you know, you look actually pretty good. And you might have an injury here and here. And I point out a few things, but then they only get three hours of sleep. I'm like, all right, like we need to fix that. <laughs> or, um, wow, I, I, you know, my Achilles is really bothering me, but I did four, four track speed workouts. And then I did Hills as a finisher the other day. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's why you have it. And they've been doing that for like every cycle of their training. And, um, no wonder you have that injury. So it kind of, it, it depends, um, on that one. And it depends what kind of injury and where on the body for sure. Yeah. And that's why it's also important when you are injured to go see someone mm-hmm. because they can help you determine what exactly the cause is a lot more than you maybe can, or it's even hard to know what your running gait is. Like I've honestly, I don't even, before I saw you guys and got my gait analysis, I was like, I have no idea. I've not videoed myself running in forever or had yeah. anyone analyze it ever, which a lot of people like think is kind of weird since I did go to Oregon. Like you would think that there'd be more, um, yeah. And I don't know, stuff done on my form, but yeah, exactly. I think it's, yeah, it's just good to go in and check, I guess what's going on. Cause a lot of the time you just don't know. Yeah. You never know. And you know, you can't, like you said, it's hard to watch your own writing unless you videotape yourself. And then there's just so much going on. Cause you pretty much have to look up the whole chain, foot, ankle, knee, hip, even like your upper body, like what's that doing, doing in the air. And then sometimes like, you know, maybe someone knows how they run and they know some things, but they don't know what to do about it. And no one's ever told them what to do about it. Yeah. And I think like a, a lot of coaches, plan. A lot of coaches also don't know what to do about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, so um, like they don't know how to they don't they're not looking at the whole chain either. Some some coach may be like, oh, your knee lift is bad, or like, oh, mm-hmm. your heel striking. Like that's just so common. Your heel striking. And then people yeah. are like, hey, what do I do about that? I run on my toes and then injure my Achilles. Like Yeah, that happens a lot. Know. So that's that why happens. it's so important to actually see a professional and yeah. have them analyze it. Yeah. Um, as an example, I have a high school female high school runner. Actually, it's uh, she's a freshman and her coach is saying like, stop crossing your body. And she's like doing this when she's running and mm-hmm. he's just saying, stop crossing your body. And she's like, well, I don't know how to stop. <laughs> and I don't want, I don't know what's making me do that. And it ended up being like glute strength core strength um and just like tight upper body too and so I'm having her do a bunch of drills and all the strengthening and it's getting better but it was like you can't just tell always sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't someone should just stop it because they might not have the body awareness or like capacity to change it yeah I mean I would have no idea if someone was like stop people would say that about me or just my knee lift was horrible they're like we'll just lift them higher I'm like I don't know how to do that but then you're running backwards and then it changes other things so it's like well yeah and I'm like if I I, I'm already running on an absolute max speed in this 1500 (laughs) try to lift my knees harder every step I can't even think yeah yeah you're just worried about crossing that line and yeah chucking up your guts so yeah exactly (laughs) I'm not thinking about those things so the the reason I guess for like prehab and PT is to work on that in like the off time so that when you get to the starting line, you're not thinking like I should lift my knees, you know, I think it's more yeah. of a, your knees are already lifting for you because you've put in work leading yeah. up to it. Exactly. Which is what I've been horrible at doing, honestly, my entire life. Like I'm really, I think anyone that follows me knows, like I'm, I'm not good at doing the little things. I'm actually good at eating well and sleeping well and like drinking water. But when it comes to actual like, exercises or foam roll, mm-hmm. I'm very 
apparent or like it's very apparent um I've made it very apparent to everyone that I don't do those things but that's why I was excited to start working with you guys yeah I think that's exactly what you told me on our evaluation you're like I don't do any of the things well because like like, when I'm getting evaluated I'm like oh my gosh she's definitely gonna know it's like I could lie to people if they don't actually see me run but this person is analyzing my gait and I haven't foam rolled it once and I think I think at the end of the day if it's not meaningful to you you're like you're never gonna do it you know and so it's kind of my job to show you like why it's meaningful and why putting in the time matters and kind of like leading you to your own conclusions um and that tends to help at least with like other runners too I have the same thing um and then yeah life is busy sometimes and you've got to monitor around but the little things do matter some people get away with a lot you know like they're strong they have good capacity like their cup is a lot bigger and they can handle a lot more water and it doesn't overflow very easily um but still you know bodies change people change training changes so you always want to be prepared and you should get reassessed regularly yeah keep up with all that so and I mean for me working with you guys a lot of it is the accountability factor because Mm I just not like like you said I'm not good at doing it on my own I'm not I don't have that intrinsic motivation like yeah I can go out and run and everything but when it comes to those little things like that little the core exercises like all the little stuff I'm just like uh but then having someone that's like an outside source telling me exactly what to do and when to do it and also (laughs) being able to like forcibly see progress as time goes on I feel like that'll make me more intrinsically motivated to actually do it and like see the results I just don't think I've ever even put the time in to see progress so I'm excited working with someone else I feel like will will, will, like actually help me (laughs) yeah no I'm super excited too and I feel like um, we have good things to work on and you'll definitely see results yeah okay so we could talk a little bit about my like gait analysis and everything just very generally we don't need to pull up my results or anything (laughs) put you on the spot yeah but I already posted about it yeah I already posted on YouTube but maybe some people didn't see the video but yeah yeah (laughs) so what would you say like when I first came in I did the gait analysis like what were your main takeaways off the top of your head right now um, so some of the things, uh, from your evaluation were the overstride that you had. So you were hitting your foot out and out in front of your body when you were impacting for initial contact on the ground, which, um, over time, if some people, you know, again, to the cup, they can handle that and that won't become a problem, but it is connected to quite a few running injuries. So I just want to prevent that for you, like stress fractures, shin splints, hip pain, back pain, knee pain, pretty much the whole gamut. So that's why we try and like stop overstriding uh, as soon as possible. Some overstride is actually good and natural uh, for the body. So, yep. Like if you think about it, um, you hit the ground, you're actually like building up energy to then push off with. So some overstride is okay, but not too much. So I definitely saw an overstride with you. Um, something else I saw was a little bit of a seated posture. So that's kind of hard to verbally explain, but if you think about having a perfect line between your shoulders, hips, and ankles, that's kind of where you want to be with a slight forward lean when you're running, um, people who lack kind of core strength or glute strength, um, they tend to have a seated posture where they're just bringing their but along for the ride, uh, we kind of say in here sometimes. So it's not a very active stride. It's more of a passive stride. Like your core isn't as on your glutes aren't as on, um, but you're still moving yourself across the ground. Um, our bodies are so smart. They're going to tell us they're going to do exactly what we tell us, but not always the most efficient way. So that seated posture is something I'm going to try and like drill and help 
drill you out of and help you strengthen out of too. And it'll come back um, for sure, more of that natural like lined up position. Cause you definitely need that as like a 1500 meter runner too. So I know you have that capacity. It's just finding it again. Um, and those are two big things I saw. And then we've also been focusing on some foot things for you as well. Um, I think remember you are more of like a four foot midfoot runner. So just having good calf strength capacity and not overdoing it in intensity and just taking good care of the Achilles tendon and everything will be a priority for you. So those are kind of like the big things. Yeah. I remember we also talked about me spending too much time on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for bringing <laughs> that up. Yeah. Um, that's connected a little bit to overstride. Yeah. It's a little bit too much time on the ground. So, I mean, this, this goes away with, with lack of training as well. And if we don't focus on things like drills or box jumps, more power and plyo oriented things in our training or capacity to get on and off the ground quickly kind of goes away. Um, we can fix that with some running drills, you know, thinking about like running on hot coals or improving your cadence to get your time um, off the ground. But really it comes to training. It's like the other 50% of that. <laughs> it comes yeah. to actually like being so, fit. <laughs> yeah. So it's a little bit of, you know, you could fix it based on what you think about and try and change with your stride, but it also comes with some extra training. Um, <laughs> but yeah, time on the ground means more time for injury. So you want to spend more time in the air and really power through the ground. So we're definitely working on that with you. Yeah. I'm excited to see my progress. Cause right now, I mean, yeah. I feel all of those things. I feel like I spend a lot of time on the ground. I don't feel bouncy at all. I feel very just like, I feel like I am taking my body along for the ride. Like my body wants to go faster, but it just, everything yeah. is being held back a bit. And I yeah. feel really weak. Honestly, that's the thing is like, I feel very weak when I run and I feel like I'm used to feeling stronger and I actually mm -hmm. do have a lot of muscle mass. Like the last time I got my muscle mass checked, it was actually kind of, it, I like had put on muscle since college, That's awesome. which is good. It's just yeah. actually like utilizing it. And also- yeah again, like training consistently to actually yeah. have it feel mm -hmm. normal. So yeah, it's a mix of everything. You definitely have the capacity. You just need to like rewire your brain again into firing the muscles when they need to fire and everything. And so it'll go well. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, another topic I kind of want to talk about is sure. how, maybe you can answer this. How does going through puberty as a female affects like running and injuries? Have you seen yeah. because I, my body's changed so much multiple times. Like I grew a yeah. ton in high school mm -hmm. in college. I actually stayed fairly similar, but then after college, I also went through like my fifth round of puberty. It seemed like, and now my hips are really <laughs> wide and I just like look a lot different. Fifth round well, of puberty. You, yeah. Like I feel like everyone goes through that after college pretty much, especially if you like take a long break off of it. But um, yeah. How would you say it like affects running and injuries? Um, that's a super awesome question that there's more and more research coming out about actually in like the medical world, PT world about, um, young female athletes kind of in the puberty, puberty age and because high school, right? Like most people join athletics either at the club when they're younger or mostly when they're in high school. Um, I mean, that's when I started and I'm sure that's when you started running. So with puberty, a few things happen. So there's all the hormonal changes for women throughout puberty. Some people consider, um, some people feel like their performance kind of levels out when they're going through puberty in high school. Um, when you're going, in that time of your life, you're actually building your bone capacity. So most of your bone um, reserves are built through puberty in that age. 
So that's super important to do strength training, uh, resistance exercise, focus on your bone health, because that's going to set you up for the whole rest of your life. Um, also through puberty, there's, you know, body image struggles, um, your body's changing. Um, it's all kids, you know, some maybe not as accepting as others and, you know, the meanness of high school. So that's really hard through puberty as well. So some um, young runners don't um, fuel themselves enough. And not only at that age, do you have to fuel for sport for running, you have to fuel for your growing body. So you even have to like double or even, you know, just add on more than what you think you need, uh, because your body just needs all that energy. And so you don't want to fall into what's called, um, energy deficiency syndrome, and that's coming out in the literature. Um, and so that if you lose your menstrual period, that's a huge, huge factor for poor health, like for the whole rest of your life. So you really want to make sure you stay healthy in that, in that puberty age for that as well. Um, injury, other injury wise for, um, going through puberty. I mean, your bones are growing really fast. You're also getting taller. You get your growth spurt, right? Mostly in that age. So your tendons and your muscles have to catch up with all the muscle growth. And that's sometimes hard. So you tend to get more muscle strains and tendon pulls. Um, you're actually at more risk for like ACL injury. If you're like a soccer player, when you're going through puberty. So yeah, lots of changes, lots of things to consider. And that's why it's just to have good to have a structured program and be on top of your recovery and your eating, making sure you're getting your protein. Yeah. I literally credit my ability to like stay healthy and have stayed healthy basically all through the college and everything. I mean, in high school, I had injuries a bit because I was growing so much. Like I had knee mm -hmm. problems and other things. Yeah. And I also just didn't like to foam roll or, and I didn't really strength train until later, like mm -hmm. senior year. So I feel like I did have like a lot of injuries, but I've never had a bone injury. And I 1 million percent credit that to me adequately fueling in high school. Like I ate so much as mm -hmm. my body was changing, like I grew eight inches and gained 50 pounds in high school. Like my body changed a ton. So imagine that on my body and then also running like 40 miles a week and like going to yeah. school. I was eating so much, but I truly believe that that was the reason that I like was able to stay healthy all throughout yeah. college. And it's just crazy because like you said, everyone or not everyone, but like a lot of people go through body image struggles, like as their body is changing and everything. But I've talked about this so, so much on a lot of my platforms, but it's just so important to like fuel yourself during that time and just let your body change. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, yeah. if you try to like go against it, it just wreaks havoc on college careers, yeah. later in high school. So an enjoyment yeah. of the sport, right. And there's yeah. like social benefits from participating in any sport that, you know, having to take time off of that really stinks. And so why do that to yourself? You know, be kind to yourself, be kind to your body, give it the care it needs because you are working so hard and, and asking so much of it. Yeah. The one thing I did wish I, or I did wish I did. That right? <laughs> did, did wish I did. Did wish I did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. One thing I wish. Oh no. One thing wish I, I wish I did. I did. Something <laughs> I wish I did. So did wish I did. <laughs> I don't even know now. It's going to yeah. end the work day. And I'm like, my brain. Yeah, I need my second coffee or my third coffee right now. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I wish I did in high school or earlier in high school, as I was growing was strength train more and yeah. probably foam roll because I, I think I would have saved myself rolling. from a lot of like overuse injuries just because I was lazy and I didn't do any of it. So, and I yeah. just didn't really know. But I feel like social media helps now. People are more like in tune with what people are doing, which is a good and a bad thing. But 
I think more younger, or I think younger people are just more into strength training these days. So, yeah. I, and I love that, that that's like a new thing and everyone's like, yeah, I'm going to strength train. And, um, I just see, I see more people now, young people here, like parents are bringing them in and want their kid to strength train. I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> great, awesome. Like yeah. you're just going to enjoy your sport and like be happier and more injury free because of this. So, yeah. Um, okay. Well, I, I only have like one more question and I don't, oh, I don't know how okay. well you, um, follow the running world at all. Like, I don't know if you're, oof, I used to be really into it and I've, I've kind of been out of, out of trade, but I'll do my best. Okay. Well, the, I mean, the only question I have is like, have you yeah. seen, what runner have you seen that you feel like has the best running form? Oh, <laughs> um, I love that question. Oh man. If you can think of one. I honestly w- wouldn't be able to think of one. So I just kind of threw it at you. Um, first I was like thinking about patients here, but now I'm thinking about like pros that I know and everything. Um, I mean, by the time you're a professional athlete, you kind of have narrowed down what form is good for you. And at that level, like it, and any level, it doesn't have to be perfect. Like, like I said, like everyone's running form is unique as their fingerprint. And it should be that way. Like we shouldn't all like run exactly the same. We're going to have like little detailed nuances as long as we're not getting super hurt or anything like that. Um, so best running form is kind of subjective, but, um, I feel like a lot of the female marathon, uh, elite runners have really good form and they have to, because what they're going the distance literally, and they have to have good economy. So they're going to have the most compact, efficient running stride. Um, and then if you think about like sprinters, I mean, we see some professional sprinters here, they're going to have a little bit different stride, right? They're (laughs) going to maybe have more knee drive, but that's also like good running form for their sport. So it depends on the activity. Um, so it didn't really answer your question. I can't give you any. No, no, it does because it it makes sense. Every event is different too. So it's like the marathoners Mm -hmm. are going to look so much like Molly Seidel, who obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mile, I always think of Shalane Flanagan too. I mean, I'm a yeah. big Shalane Flanagan fan. Um, so I watch her run and she's just like floating across yeah. the ground and, and it's great. There's like, she doesn't need a lot of bounce and she, she hasn't, so she doesn't really need it. Um, so she's great. And then Molly obviously did amazing and she has good form as well. Um, but they all have little nuances, right? It depends how much you pick it apart, right? Like I could probably watch one of them and get them on the treadmill here and say like, Oh, look at your ankle, like you're over pronating, like right there. Um, or like, Oh, your knee kind of caves in like right there. Or like your trunk is like one degree off, you know, but I never, I never do that. I never get that in a picky, but, um, yeah. I, I think like they might they take know. offense to yeah, that. Yeah. They would honestly. be like, what the heck? They'd be like, I've been doing, I'm doing Olympic- fine. <laughs> yeah. Don't you know I'm an Olympic level athlete? And I'm like, yes. So I really shouldn't change anything. Like you are actually perfectly fine. <laughs> unless you're getting like chronically hurt like I think you're okay yeah Uh, then I wouldn't really worry about form I'd be worrying about like training habits and eating habits and like just injury prevention stuff yeah okay well I think this episode was helpful I feel like people probably even though I would just recommend going and seeing someone because I anyone listening I think it's just very important to each individual and as you can probably tell listening it's just really depends on the person so it's hard to give one piece of advice to thousands of yeah, people listening. yeah but I feel like um if I had to give any like takeaway points um yeah. for a runner curious about what they can do it's um just have a well-rounded be well-rounded I feel like like if um try and do different things to like swim or a bike or try another activity and do that around running if you can I know people don't always have the time but 
if you don't enjoy strength training or don't want to do that, just like do something else and be well-rounded. And that will prevent a lot of overuse injuries too, just from like repetitively doing the same motion all the time. Um, so, and another strength and exercise. So I know, I know a lot of runners do yoga and I love yoga and I'm not going to bash on yoga. I think yoga is great. And a lot of runners are super stiff, especially sprinters and they really need it, but something else that works more like, um, more strengthening, more strengthening, resistant training, things like that would be beneficial. There you go. That's the main takeaway from this. Yeah. I don't know. Not the main takeaway, but some of my, no, like, I mean, that's, it's thoughts. true. I feel like all the, everything that we talked about is a good takeaway, but I do like that one as well. And I also will second you on the fact that a lot of sprinters are very stiff. Cause I've seen, we used to like do group yoga in college and I would look back at some of the sprinters doing like downward dog or being pigeon pose. And it looked extremely yeah. painful. And I was like, I'm not yeah. flexible. Yeah, but that looks worse. So. Yeah, I, I work with a professional sprinter right now. And I always tell him like, you need to do like yoga weekly, like, so you don't pull your hammy or your adductor or something. <laughs> and he's like, really? I'm like, yes, please. yes, please, please go please, take please. your class or else I'm going to have to stretch you out every time you're here. <laughs> so yeah. Not, okay. Not, well, not really a distance runner problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, still go to yoga. I think it's still good. Yeah. I, I love yoga. I go to yoga myself. So it's yeah. great. It just has to be well-rounded. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, where can people check you out? Where, yeah. can they, where's your, uh, where's prehab located if they're in San Diego? Yeah. Yeah. So we are here in San Diego. We're in mission Valley East. Uh, we also have a clinic in Manhattan in New York. That's actually where we started. And so if any of you New Yorkers are out there and our runners go check out our Manhattan location, but, um, yes, prehab San Diego is in mission Valley and we see the whole gambit of runners. We see prehab. So people before they're injured, like I said, if you're injured, come here. Uh, and then if you're worried about your performance or curious about your performance or want to do better, then come here as well. We all, and we don't only see runners too. Um, I have a few rock climbers, a few surfers. We also see a lot of mixed martial artists, but I would say about like 70% of our clientele are, are runners from recreational, um, been running for a while to just starting running to pro runners. So I love it. It's great. Come on by, check us out. We do free discovery visits. So complimentary discovery visits to just check out the facility, get to talk to um, me or our other physical therapist, Dr. Arson, to see if it's a good fit for you and a good fit for us. We can show you all our equipment too. We do 3D, 3D motion capture running analysis on two different systems. Um, and we'll do like a whole injury prevention screen for you if you are one of those runners who just wants to stay injury free. Great. Well, it's been very helpful for me. So I hope some people yeah. stop by Manhattan or San Diego or wherever. And we, we just want to be like the the kind of spot for people to come to if they're hurt or wanting to know more we want to be kind of like the one-stop shop for runners and we really support everyone here so we'd love to support you yes all right lily to close out the podcast can we get a good old peace out fellas peace out fellas Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Commas Over Cold Brew. I hope you enjoyed it. It was great talking to Lily. I hope you guys learned something from today's episode or you take the chance to go to prehab if you're in San Diego or you're in Manhattan. Remember, you can use my name and get 10% off. The folks at prehab are great and they can help you so much. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Commas Over Cold Brew Pod if you want to be up to date and submit listener questions. Also, don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. We're over 900 reviews, which is awesome. And I love reading every single one of them. 
from. It means the world to me and it really helps grow this podcast. It's a free way to support. So I really appreciate every one of you who has taken the time to do that. We've got one more episode before the end of the year that will go live next week. And then the last week of December, I'm going to take a break one week off before we start the next season of Commas Over Cold Brew. Thank you all so much for listening and I will see you all next week. Peace out, fellows.